Good Monday afternoon, guys. I'm Jerry Miller, and this is the I Love Seville Show. Thank you kindly for joining us. We're live in downtown Charlottesville on a show that airs on all social platforms, and it's to your delight, your enjoyment. Viewers and listeners, you can shape the discussion of what we're talking about here by offering perspective in any of the comment sections or feeds that you're watching upon. We aggregate those comments, and we relay them live on air. Um, I'm excited for today's show. We're going to highlight some commercial real estate that is on the market. Frankly speaking, still on the market, has not moved. Um, we'll highlight Fitzgerald Tire in Belmont, the Crossroad Shops in North Garden, and we will highlight the former Music Resource Center, the church, right here in downtown Charlottesville next to the, um, the Greyhound station, the bus station. We'll talk on today's show, school starting again for many in Central Virginia, including the University of Virginia. We'll talk on this show what to expect for a future interview, including a big one that is on the horizon for Tuesday, August 22nd, CEO Natalie Massery of the uh, Chamber of Commerce is going to join us. Also on the show is uh, retired Colonel Letty Bean on the program. Bean, thank you for a viewer and listener for helping me um, pronounce her last name. We'll talk about the impact of the defense sector with um, the CEO of the Chamber of Commerce, Natalie Mastery. I'm very excited for you to meet her. And with um, retired Colonel Letty Bean, who presented the white paper, the $1.2 billion um, economic impact analysis of the defense sector to elected officials here. Uh, I want to break that down. So that's going to be August 22nd. First, I want to highlight something that Judah and I are very excited about. I don't want to speak for you, Judah. So I want to weave you in after I offer some perspective here. We have today officially launched a partnership with the Charlottesville Police Department. For those that watch the program know that I back the blue. We champion police in Charlottesville, in Almaro County, and in Central Virginia often on this talk show. I often say on this show, I get up and I go to work and I don't have to wear a bulletproof vest or have a gun on my hip or worry about if I'm going to come back home safe, um, alive, injured. I go to work and I get to do what I love to do. And one of the reasons we enjoy our time here, viewers and listeners, is for the most part, we got a really safe community really safe environment here. And I think it's time we as a community champion the folks that are making the community safe for us. And that's the police. I want to utilize the influence and the platform we have here to do the following. Help the department fill its vacancies. So if you want to be the change you want to see, Join a police department that is built on community-focused policing. Join the Charlottesville Police Department and become an officer today. I want to weave you in the mix before we head to the next topic, Judah Wickower. We, you do this as well, which is a testament to you. We're often 
celebrating the officers on this show. We had Chief Cotchis on the program. I have been impressed with how Chief Cotchis has changed the community engagement with his department. He's in a dunk tank at Ix Park and is inviting the community to throw balls at a bullseye to dunk them in water. He's coming on talk shows like this, doing interviews with local TV. He's doing walk and talks in the street, neighborhood gatherings, community forums, the proverbial fireside chat, inviting the community to let him know the type of policing they want. I think we need to celebrate and continue to celebrate the change we're seeing with this police department, especially from the previous regime. The previous regime was not as community focused, not as interested in these walk and talks or these fireside chats or these forums that Cotchis has led. And I think that's really had a positive impact. You go to the Charlottesville Police Department page, we may show this later in the week, um, and you see officers playing basketball with local youth. It's fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. I want you to offer some perspective here before we go to the next headline. It's a topic you and I talked about before bringing the police department on as a partner. Did we want to do this? And we both came to the, resound, the, the same answer, a resounding absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we like what, uh, what Cotchis is doing. We like that he's engaging the, the community. Uh, I think he's got... Uh, I think he's got... Uh, I think he's got a, a good start and a good direction for uh, for where he's taking the the police, and uh, I think he understands the challenges that he's up against, and that he, he's uh, he's willing to um, he's willing to do what needs to be done to you know to fix the problems that he uh, that he came into the job, uh, um, you know, with the uh, with the purpose of of fixing. Back to blue guys. Consider joining the force. Fill these vacancies. And let's get the department up to maximum uh, occupancy and get these empty spots filled. All right. I'm going to go to the uh, first headline. How many moms and dads watching this program are so excited for their kids to start school? Our little guy starts school next week. He's a kindergartner. He's going to go from pre K4 to kindergarten, which is essentially 2Xing how much time he's spending in school. I know some counties in Central Virginia have already started. University of Virginia, you're seeing the students coming back to grounds, undergrads and graduate students. First, we'll talk our household. We have a five-year-old who wakes up at six in the morning and goes to bed at nine or 9.30 at night. We put him in the bed at 7 or 7.30, and for 90 minutes after he goes to bed at 7 or 7.30, we can literally hear our five-year-old just doing somersaults off the bed on the floor, doing jumping jacks, doing cartwheels, jumping on the bed, playing with his toys. He invented a game where he's got a bunch of Beanie Babies, and he takes his Beanie Babies, and he basically plays basketball with them, throwing them into a basket in his room. And I literally hear him doing this. My wife literally hears him doing this for 90 minutes. He, in a lot of ways, sleeps less than my wife, and he's five. So for a 1,000-mile-an-hour 
kid that we love absolutely dearly starting school next week. We're so grateful, so relieved. My wife in particular, who's a stay-at-home mom. I am excited for this school year for a number of reasons. And I'm going to look at this from a positivity glimpse. I understand the bus driver shortage is causing folks a lot of angst right now. But for the most part, the school systems we have here in Central Virginia are running fairly efficiently. The private schools that we have here in Central Virginia are running efficiently as well. And I have been impressed, especially as we continue to rebound from COVID and this pandemic, online learning, I've been impressed how our youth are rebounding and adapting I've been impressed with teachers and the effort they put into. I mean, you talk about two groups that we need to champion and celebrate anymore, not only the Charlottesville Police Department, how about teachers? I mean, that's another demographic, another set of uh, professionals that need to get more accolades and, and, and attention and love from this talk show. I mean, we need to do, granted they're in school, but we need to have like, a teacher appreciation month on the show mm-hmm. where each day we could celebrate a new teacher. That's actually a hell of an idea. Why don't we go on a two-shot here, June? We could have folks nominate or volunteer or suggest a teacher that should be getting some props. Yeah. We then highlight what that teacher has done on the show, give them some attention, well-deserved attention, and turn this into a regular feature on the program. Mm -hmm. So if you want to celebrate a local teacher or educator, send them our way. DM Judah, DM me, and we'll champion them on the the screen. I I can't emphasize this enough to you. The folks that are molding and teaching our kids, they're molding the next generation of professionals that are going to serve Charlottesville and Central Virginia. Let's give the teachers the support they need this school year. And as we give them the support they need, our kids will benefit from it. Now, I've gotten a lot of requests from viewers and listeners to continue the commercial and residential real estate chatter on the show. So I want to do that. I also, before I want to do that, I want to highlight that you're starting to see some retail vacancies pop up. On the downtown mall right now, there are 11 storefronts in downtown Charlottesville that are empty. Downtown Charlottesville has the most stores in the city of Charlottesville, with 190 in totality. 11 are vacant. That's a vacancy rate of was that 8%? Quick math. 7%? Just under 7%. That is one of the highest vacancy levels I've seen in my 23 years in this community. 11 of 190 are vacant, Judah. Seminole Square has got seven vacant right now. The corner has two vacancies right now. Barracks Road Shopping Center has six vacancies right now. So you're looking at the three most popular 
shopping and dining districts in the city. Downtown, 190 storefronts, 11 vacancies. Barracks Road has six vacancies, and the corner has two. I'm curious to see how these vacancies and the landlords that own them, how the models will evolve. I think we're gonna start seeing less of a prioritization on retail and more of a prioritization on experiences. A good example of this is Decades Arcade coming to the downtown mall. Decades Arcade is an experience business. You go into the storefront downtown Charlottesville and you experience playing video games. Another partner of this program, Skuma Boutique Dispensary in some ways, an experience. You can experience what Skuma Boutique Dispensary is selling at that location while on the downtown mall. I would not be surprised if we continue to see these retail locations evolve into new iterations of themselves. I think Patty Zeller does a really good job of this at Animal Connection. Yes, she's doing retail, but she's doing it in a way that also sells experiences. Dog grooming, self-serve dog wash, the education that comes with the retail. That, the Happy Cook is another example of this. The Happy Cook has got an area in the back of its store on Barracks Road where you legitimately can do um, cooking classes. And those cooking classes are then archived online on a site and platform that's tied to the Happy Cook. I want to see that from the folks that choose to rent these places. 11 vacancies on the downtown mall. If you're choosing to potentially rent one of these empty storefronts, do it in a way where you're just not selling widgets on a shelf. And if you need help coming up with the concept or evolving the concept or tweaking or improving the concept, reach out to us. That's literally what we do professionally for a living. We help businesses grow their customer bases and drive incremental revenue through innovative and creative thought process. Do not just sell a widget on a shelf. That's not going to work anymore. You have to give the marketplace and the consumer something that they cannot get from Amazon. What is Patty Zeller doing well at Animal Connection? You got the grooming piece. You got the self-serve dog wash piece. You got the education that comes with everything on the shelf. You don't get that from Amazon. Same thing with Monique at the Happy Cook. You can't take a cooking class in person on Amazon. You can consider the product that's in the store and try it first at a cooking class and then figure out if you want to buy it and take it home to your respective kitchen. That is the future of these empty storefronts, not selling widgets on a shelf. All right, let's talk commercial real estate here. There's three iconic properties that continue to be on the market. The Belmont Fitzgerald Tire store has cut its price. It's got a new broker. Carabas started with the listing. The listing now with a new broker, a new firm. This is an iconic property, but clearly 
Darian Cochran and Caitlin Lennon of Avenue now have this listing. The price point, I think, is your issue here. It's been cut, the price. It didn't start with a million. This is the old, this is the I love Charlottesville a lot business where the signage is on the side. $928 price, $928 price per square foot. 1,078 square feet, a million dollars. Do I think this is going to trade at a million? No, I do not. Can the owners just keep the property on the market? It seems to be because it's been on the market for an extended period of time most of this year. Another iconic piece of property on the market right now, and that's the Plank Road, Crossroad Corner Shops. This one's got a cap rate of 7.86%. It's got an asking price of $6,200,000. This is where Dr. Hose is located. $6,200,000 asking price. It's a massive building, 30,000 square feet, chopped up into various storefronts. A fantastic cap rate. It's mostly leased, 90%, 92% leased right now. A ton of parking spaces, 145, and a land, a plot of 5.32 acres. The third one, which I'm most surprised about, is the Music Resource Center, the church, right at the front of the downtown mall next to the bus station. The church has an asking price of 1875000 105 Ridge Street. The old Music Resource Center, Johnny Pritzloff and Jenny Stoner have this listing. This is a damn good piece of property right here. The opportunity to do an event space, a restaurant, chop this into office space, do some kind of experiential concept here is, is significant. And you can't beat the location with the traffic that goes by. $1,875,000 asking price for this location. I'm surprised these three pieces of property are still on the market. Maybe it's the price. Usually when you have this kind of DOM, days on market, it is the price. Fitzgerald Tyra, I thought it would be long gone. Which one would you buy, Judah? I mean, the uh, Fitzgerald Tire is pretty iconic, and uh, that's a great neighborhood. I think I'd, I think I'd want to go in there. John Blair says, I'm truly interested in your opinion. Is the Fitzgerald property a teardown? That's a great question. I think you keep it, you keep it uh, Fitzgerald Tire, and you may build up or around it. I mean, you don't have a ton of... Let's see what he's got there. 408 Monticello Road is 0.06 acres. I mean, that is a postage stamp. 0.06 acres. $928 price per square foot. Let's go to Deep Throat. The assessment on that is $285,000 for the Fitzgerald Tire, Judah. Hmm. It's got an asking price of a million. Ooh. He also says, Deep Throat, on the church, you have the Greyhound building behind it. 
that is not long for this world, you have no idea what is going in there, creates some risk. I get that. Ginny Hu, thank you for the retweet. Um, the one I would buy and feel most secure with my purchase, granted it's got the heftiest price tag, is the Plank Road Shops at $6,200,000 asking. Why I would consider the Crossroad Corner Shops at the $6.2 million asking, Judah, is because in that area, there is literally nothing. Yeah. There's nothing around it. Mm-hmm. You've got tenants that are long-term tenants. The tenants that you have are quality tenants. I mean, UVA Family Medicine, the Old Dominion National Bank is there, the Crossroads Exxon store is there, Obviously, Dr. Hose has had a lot of success there as well. Mm-hmm. It's right across the street of Pippin Hill Winery. Pippin Hill Winery gets significant traffic, people going there. Tens of thousands of cars are driving by the crossroad shops every single day. Yeah. And on top of that, you have a captive market. You know what would crush it in the crossroad corner shops? Some kind of small boutique grocery, grocery store. Yeah. You put a small boutique grocery there... That would crush even more. And as Deep Throat just mm-hmm. said, plus you don't have to deal with the insane and poorly managed City Hall. <laughs> I mean, it is a, like he said, a cash flowing option, a cash flowing asset. You get a grocery in there, maybe one or two other restaurants, and you complement it with the bank and the Exxon and the UVA Family Medicine. Mm. And you have a thriving little metropolis. I think the church is going to have, what do you think has the most work that you have to do with it? The church or the Fitzgerald Tire? Probably Fitzgerald Tire. I mean, you don't know what's underneath that place. You don't know how much is soaked into the ground there. That's mm. a great point. What's, that's a great point. It's a tire store. What is under the property? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how often they were doing uh, oil changes and things like that, but uh, we all know it comes out from underneath cars. And if any of that's been uh, been building up in uh, underneath Fitzgerald Tire, maybe you know we had the same questions about uh, what was it building on? Uh, it was the city yard? Yeah, in the Star Hill neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, take 105 Ridge Street, the church, the old music resource center. I mean. That's a wedding venue waiting to happen. Yeah. Right across the street from the Omni Hotel, you literally have, what is it, the Hampton Inn that's across the street from it? On the corner, is that a Hampton Inn? Another hotel directly across the street from it. You're talking hotels that are four, five, six hundred $600 a night during peak season. You can have the wedding venue literally at the church, and then people can do their rehearsal, their celebration on the downtown mall. Yeah. I don't even think you need to do much to turn this into a wedding venue. I'm surprised this one is still on the market. I mean, you got some parking issues, specifically none. Do you have anybody that would get mad at you for using it? Why? Because of the church nature? A la, a la what happened with Chris, Henry? Yeah. I'm just saying, is there somebody that's going to come along and be like... Well, it was a this- former music resource center, though. Yeah, I know. I'm just saying you never know i mean chris bought the church how how long it had, had it been uh untenanted 10 years 15 years that's was a good it question longer than that that came up on the talk show 
few weeks ago. Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't seriously expect that uh, someone's going to be angry about this church as well, but it's Charlottesville. You never know who's going to get uh, uh, angry about what. A crossroad corner shops for me is number one. It's already cash flowing. It's 92% leased. So you're really not going to have to struggle to find tenants because yeah. you already got them there. Right. I think if you put a grocery in there some kind, the community would... I mean, what's the closest grocery store? Closest would probably it's be... the Food Line in Lovingston. Is that closer than just riding into town and stopping at... The uh, Wegmans? Stopping at... Oh, I was going to say... Yeah, I guess Wegmans is a pretty quick... Because the Wegmans, yeah. you could just hop on. I don't know if I don't know which is faster, going to Weg, getting on. I'd say the Lovingston food line is the closest. Going to, going to Wegmans or going to Hydraulic from North Garden. I don't know. Uh, I don't know where Lovingston. I don't know. I've never been to Lovingston from the, the corner stores. So uh, the I think the food roads. line in Lovingston is the closest. Let's see. But that's still a hike for the folks in North Garden, and there's a fair amount of housing density in North Garden. And there's some money in North Garden. There's some farms in North Garden there. That would crush it right there. Fitzgerald Tire is a good question. That may be a teardown. Kevin Yancey says the former owner ran the gas station and had basic staples. Um, he said you got to make sure there aren't old fuel tanks in the ground underneath Fitzgerald Tire. Johnny Ornalis, Vanessa Parkhill, thank you kindly for liking the show. Johnny, thank you for sharing the show. Um, we're grateful for you. Neil Williamson, thank you for watching today's program. I thought you were awesome the other day, Neil. Kristen Grimes and Francis Morris, thank you for watching the program. Got local news uh, paper watching the show as we speak right now. What'd you find, Judah? Uh, well, from Dr. Hose to uh, Lovingston Food Line, it says no root found. What's that? It says no root found. From Dr. Hose to the just, Lovingston? I'm going to try just Lovingston, Virginia. No, Lovingston's the closest. That's like no 15 minutes. Found. I don't think Wegmans from North Grounds is 15 minutes. Or from uh, Wegmans from North Garden is uh, 15 minutes. But that food line is probably 15 minutes from the Crossroad Shops. Hmm. Saying no root found, so I don't know. Um, Maybe, John, that's a good question. Maybe Fitzgerald Tire, and, and Kevin, you make a good point, too. Maybe the Fitzgerald Tire is a teardown and a build back up. And maybe that's keeping it from, from selling here. I mean, something at that price point in downtown Belmont, I'm surprised it has not moved. Mm -hmm. Are you not surprised? Yeah. Uh, North Garden to Lovingston is 26 minutes. North Garden to Lovings, 26? Yeah. Ah, to your point, then maybe the Wegmans is the closer. But I don't know. I'm not sure what it's basing the uh, center point of North Garden on. That might be... Uh... Hmm. Either way. Music Resource Center wedding venue. All day, every day. I mean, Chris's venue is renting. And they go and celebrate at Dairy Market afterwards. Same concept. Yeah. There's not enough venues in this town. And have you seen the rise of the Thursday wedding? There's so little venues in this town, and they're commanding such high prices that I'm now seeing the Thursday and Sunday wedding become a reality. Huh. 
where folks are choosing to do their wedding on either a Thursday or Sunday for a discounted price. Yeah. I mean, you got some weddings like Pippin Hill. The other day, I heard of a wedding at Pippin Hill. The all-in spend was $350,000. What? Yeah. Out of towner, 350K, soup to nuts. Somebody's got money to burn. Why, you're saying use that somewhere else? Yeah, I mean, that could, that's a new house. That is a house. You could buy a $350,000 house. That's a starter home for a, a, hus- a new husband and wife. I mean. But if you're spending, if, if someone in their family, because I doubt it's them, is spending 350000 on their wedding, I'm guessing they're not worried about... Uh, you know who the uh, wedding and events manager is there, right? Uh, where? At Pippin Hill. At Pippin Hill. Uh, maybe. New city councilor Natalie Oshran. Oh, uh, yeah. Natalie Oshran is the... Uh, I'm very curious to watch how Miss Oshran, city councilor Oshran, is going to manage her time when she's on council. Hmm. Wedding and event manager at Pippin Hill, I would not be surprised if she's grinding 12 hours on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. 12 hours a day. Yeah. Maybe it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and off on Sunday. But if we're seeing Thursday and Sunday weddings now become a reality, Pippin's probably the most popular, one of the most popular spots to get married in Central Virginia. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's absolutely gorgeous. Everything is done to the nines. I'm very curious to see how she manages her time on council with this job that she's clocking 60, 70 hours a week during wedding season. Neil Williamson loved your comment. He says, it's Charlottesville. You never know who is going to get upset about what. Judah Wickower, August 14th, 2023. <laughs> and he dated it. There we go. Written in the books now. In Charlottesville, you get folks who champion housing and then throw shade on housing once the housing is built. Yeah. In Charlottesville, you get people hating on the purchase of a church and converting it into a wedding venue when the church openly asked someone to buy their church from them so they could go expand to another one. Yeah. In Charlottesville, you make comments like, we need to manage the panhandling and homeless population a little bit better so we can improve quality of life on the downtown mall. And people rip you for using the phrase managing people. Charlottesville, Virginia. Yeah. One thing we can say, though, is school is starting, and it's starting this week. And that has every mom and dad listening to this program breathing a bit easier. The dog days of August are real for parents. I don't know that all of them are breathing, are breathing easier. Why do you say that? Because some of them are scrambling to figure out how they're getting their kids to and from school. That's I mean, fair. they had, what, two weeks to figure it out? Yeah, they didn't give them enough time. That's fair. I mean, but what do you, what do you, I've been thinking about the bus situation with ACPS. I, I'll, I'll give you this. There's no doubt they knew about this problem at the beginning of the summer. And they should have given parents a heads up. What they should have done is assign someone the task of taking this on. It didn't have to be, it didn't have to be finding 
all you know enough bus drivers. It could have just been organizing with all of the the parents. It could have been sending out emails all summer long, saying, "Look, we are going to have a bus shortage again. We need to band together. We need families in neighborhoods who can drive kids to school to." connect with other families that don't have that luxury and this could have been organized so that at the beginning of the school year there may have been one or two people who uh, who still needed to figure things out but for the most part I think they would have had this worked and even if not everybody was happy about it at least they would have you know a solution to the to the problem for the time being instead of just hey uh, it's almost time for school to start. We don't have enough buses. Good luck. I'll play devil's advocate with you. And I've, that was a great take by you. Great take. I concur. For the sake of a talk show, I'll play devil's advocate. Couldn't get the kids on home, you know, to school on time and home on time last year. Couldn't get the kids to school on time or home on time the year before that. Two years of evidence of data that this was gonna be a problem. Did the parents just think this year things would be different? That's fair, you're seeing they should have known. Did anyone think that the school bus driver shortage in Charlottesville and Almore County was not gonna be present this year? I certainly did. Uh, yeah, I doubt that anybody thought that everything was gonna be worked out perfectly, but at the same time- Why are they surprised? But Why are they surprised? Because. If you're just finding out that your neighborhood is the one that's not going to get bus service. But they've had two years of this. But was it the same neighborhoods? It was a shortage. Well, I know it was a shortage. I know that they've had issues. But did the school just come along two weeks ago and and explain that, uh, that some places that thought they were going to get buses aren't? I'll give you. I the don't know the full details. But I'll give you the timing. The timing piece was the main. It was the. It was a PR. It's a PR and optics problem. And public relations a communication problem. Yeah, PR. Good public relations would suggest you give as much runway or heads up as possible to the the folks that are going to be negatively impacted by something. If you're going to raise your, if you're running a small business and you're going to raise your rates to keep up with inflation, salary increases for team members, etc. you let your clients know months in advance by sending them a memo, we're going to bump our rates 5%. Yeah. And that's called good PR, good communication. The thing ACPS did poorly was waiting until the bottom of the ninth inning to notify the parents that their kids were not going to have buses to get to and from school. But the parents that are impacted by this, come on. And I'm empathetic but again, you have to it, see this coming. Was it the was it the same? Are they just continuing on with the same setup they had at the end of last year? They've actually improved. They've actually are busing more kids to school this year with, compared to last year. Okay. They've improved the model where more kids actually are having uh, bus transportation than they did last year. Well, that's something at least. That's something, right? Um, Deep throat. I'm looking forward to seeing you tonight at five o'clock. He's got some comments that have come in. He said, on Fitzgerald Tire, the new zoning is CX3, which is 44 feet in height, three, th three stories, 80% coverage on 4,100 square feet, 
maybe 12,000 square feet total for the entire building. He says the price is too high. Hmm. One million for 12,000 square feet equals $83 um, a foot for land. Basically saying it's a teardown. I mean, I, I, that's the play I would see for Fitzgerald Tower. Knock it down and build apartments there. Would you leave the mural up? I'd figure out a way to leave the mural up. The mural is iconic. Yeah. Right? I think, uh, I think my friend would like that. What's that? I think my friend would like that. Yeah. Kevin Higgins says, I watched the ACPS meeting. Speakers were time clocked and mics were turned off. Even as drivers were speaking, parents spoke. It will cost some families $300 plus on gas per month. That's make or break. Agree on seeing it coming, but it's safe to think it's a go until you hear it's not two weeks out. That's fair. Yeah. And Kevin is, uh, is it Greenwood he lives in? Kevin, is it Greenwood? The thriving suburb of Crozet? That's a fair point. Maybe many of the parents assumed that they had the transportation because they were not notified that they did not have the transportation. Yeah. But I don't know. My wife and I were talking about that, and we're like, we all saw this coming, right? It's one thing to see something coming. It's another to actually get the details of it. Fair. 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 Um, All right. I let you know about the uh, interview with Natalie Mastery and um, retired Colonel Letty Bean. That's coming up a week from tomorrow. I am also working on uh, interviews with a couple city councilors now and two board of supervisors for the show. We'll keep you posted on those. Judah, tomorrow is episode two of the Jerry and Jerry show. Yeah. UVA sports show. And we're going to make some progress on the mom show, which is happening as we speak. So we try to continue to improve the model for you on this network. What I see the future of what, what we're doing here is even more crowdsourced information that's delivered by people that we can trust utilizing this infrastructure and setup. You come in, you talk on the setup for X period of time, and you relay local news to people that want local news. That's what I see this further evolving to. Now, one thing I got to do is evolve it in a way where it's not 100% tied to me hosting the talk shows. That's what we got to continue to evolve. One day, I, I would love to see the Judah Wickhauer show. Huh. That's not going to happen. Yeah, I, I get that. I totally get that. All right, follow us on Instagram. We're back tomorrow at 1230. We are heading to a uh, TV commercial shoot, yet another one, um, across town. That's the I Love Seville show on a Monday for Judah Wickhauer. I am Jerry Miller. We'll see you tomorrow at 1230.